opening crawl. A long time ago, three friends talked about recording a show, a podcast in which they could feel truly free to discuss tons of nerdy stuff passionately, like dragons, time travel, robots, and clones, mutants, time travel, board games, and thrones, aliens, wizards, time travel, zombies, zombies that time travel, you betcha, Dobby, Comic-Con, Steampunk, Parallel Worlds, Mega Man, Hearthstone, but no sports or girls, so red pill or blue pill, now that you know, we'd like to welcome you to the Caspringer Show, introducing your hosts, Randy Tashib Kuro Sefer, Chris Nas Vader Singer, and Pat Orr. Cage Singer, Cast Bringer. Hello and welcome to Cast Bringers. Thank you so much. You guys could have been listening to any podcast in the world, and you're here with us tonight, listening to us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Might be listening to us in the morning, though. It has to be at night. <laughs> but we're we're not <laughs> live. Late at night, like three a.m. This goes out live to the millions of people. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you know how podcasts work, I, Pat. I don't. I'll be <laughs> it's live for not, us. It's not a radio. <laughs> Randy, Chris, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you doing, Chris? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate you, man. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's dive into it, shall we? So, first off, just what's been going on, guys? What have you been? What kind of stuff you've been into lately? What are you doing? First, I um I was wondering, did you guys see um? the new episode of WandaVision that premiered on Friday. Just a quick, we don't have to get into it. I was just wondering if you saw it or not. I did. (laughs) I I didn't. You did or did not? I saw both of them, yes. Both of them, yeah. Okay, and Pat, you have not yet? I haven't had time. It's on my list. One thing I'll say, I think it's going to be a slow burn. Yeah, very slow burn. I would say the same thing. But I thought the second one definitely was better. So I... I, uh, Mm -hmm. But I like magicians, so that probably helped. No spoilers. I've seen some headlines for it that uh, make it seem like it's pretty weird, which I'm like into. I think that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, it, it sounds like many people are very confused. I think so it's definitely going to be that type of show. It's like almost like a a show where the individual episodes won't make any sense, but by the end, you see it; it'll all come together. And if you've never seen any of the Avengers movies or anything, it's going to make even less sense somehow. Yes, so. probably. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris. How about you? What have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Been still reading, slogging through. Uh, not slogging because it's enjoyable, <laughs> but going through Red Rising audiobooks. I'm on book halfway through book three now, so making some decent progress with that. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. And I have been actually uh, reestablishing. Yeah, what have you been up to? Oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> reestablishing my love for Pokemon. My Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Catch them all. Here's a question. Have you guys ever caught them all in any version of Pokemon? Lord, no. No. I've barely I caught did. one. I did you... On Reddit, someone got the uh so in, in the newest pokemon pokemon sword and shield there's an award where if you catch if you fill out your pokedex naturally which naturally meaning you've caught all the pokemon and you don't trade yeah no trading no anything just naturally catching them all you get this like shiny version of i don't remember what it's called but it's like a level 100 obviously the rarest pokemon you can get so someone of the, the shorter shield pokemon probably yeah, I don't know. but uh someone got did it and like posted it on reddit it was 
pretty. He said it took him seven years. So, <laughs> and Sword and Shield. Well, no. So it's starting from the original red and green. You have to kind of <laughs> every generation. So not just in Sword and, Sword and Shield. That's, that's twelve hundred Pokemon. Yes, correct. <laughs> He better have gotten like a real Pokemon at the end, like a real life. <laughs> get a genetically engineered Pikachu delivered. Yeah, he better. No, he just got an in-game level 100. Mew too. Uh, yeah. So, but it was cool to look at for me because I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna do that. I'm glad this guy did. I think the closest I've ever gotten I had on the uh, the iPhone game. Um, I can't even remember what it's called. Pokemon Quest. I had like 146 or 147, so I was close, but didn't get didn't catch them. Really impressive, though. That's still a lot. Yeah, I've gotten close in the original. Not the original, I guess it would be like Let's Go, like the newest, the newer Switch updated version of Let's Go Go Pikachu, which was a remake of the original. I've gotten pretty close in that. I think I got like 120. So I'm missing bad. Yeah, missing like 10 or 12, and and but a couple of them I'm missing are like. I have no one to trade with, so I can't, you know, can't get You can't get them because you don't have the, you have to buy both versions to get it, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's how we get you. Sounds like there's a guy out there that has them all, Pat. So if you reach out to him, he might. Yeah, but uh... I can't trade with him because I won't be naturally getting them all. Oh, you're going, you're going naturally. I got gotcha. you. Well, I mean, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> Pope. Pokemon was just a little bit after my time. Like it was, I was a little too old to get into it when it came out. So I never really got into the trade. What you need, Randy, is a younger brother who gets into it and says, Hey, you got to try this. Can I borrow yours, Chris, from 10 years ago? I'll I'll run them out to you. It'll cost you a green um, Bulbasaur, shiny Bulbasaur. Okay. I know what that is. But I, but you have to catch it naturally for me because I can't trade it because I got to get the other shiny one. <laughs> I did watch the Pokemon movie with um, the real life actors and uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty Detective good. Pikachu, I liked it. that was yes. good. Yes, that was. I, I enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I've been playing it too, my son got super into it. He is three and a half, and he is way way into it his his new thing now is he's got a couple toys and he just wants to battle all say, the time. what's his favorite pokemon say it like he says it Bulbasaur. <laughs> although it keeps changing. Like, it's every week he has a new one right now uh because it's one of my favorite ones in the new sword and shield is pancham so he's super into pancham which one is that that's it's like a little pan- kung fu panda guy he's oh that's like, awesome like, yes and he's got the little oh, headband right i wonder where they got that idea from a kung fu panda yeah probably got it from cars the movie yeah, classic Pixar joint. <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's kind of what i've been up to uh it sounds like everyone though has been uh been enjoying themselves a little wandavision mm-hmm. doing some reading red rising yep on video games awesome good stuff all right i think it's about that time let's jump into the multi-strike <laughs> all right who wants to go first randy uh, sure. So my article was titled scientists have described a dinosaur's butthole in exquisite detail. Um, I'll probably put the link in the podcast just so everybody knows I'm not making this up. I, if you guys have noticed, I usually go through one article a day where, you know, together we have a Google doc and we'd like to put our articles in there so other people can read them. 
like Pat will read mine and Chris will read mine. I'll read theirs, but I change mine every day. Cause every day there's a new article, but this one I decided to stick with cause it just sounded too awesome. Uh, and then I read it and it was super boring, but it's a, a pretty much about the Swiss army knife of buttholes for animals and dinosaurs. And um, they are like just investigating a really old dinosaur. They call it a cloaca. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and uh, that's about it. So the title, awesome. The rest of the article, eh, not really worth discussing too much, but I thought it was worth uh, throwing out here. I think the best part was uh, how the article ended when he said, if any, the author said, if anything, this research will definitely open the way for more scientists to explore other animals, (laughs) fossilized bottles. (laughs) So I loved the guy, actually, and the author was a woman, Michelle Starr. So I think I'm going to read more of her articles. So if anything, she's kind of hooked me with this. I thought it was clickbait, but it actually was a real story. And the picture is a CGI dinosaur, two of them. One of them is looking at the other one's butthole. Um, So it's definitely worth a check. Hey, man, everyone's got a butt. Everyone poops, you know. Even dinosaurs. Even dinosaurs. And according to the article, they did a lot more than poop out of their butthole. (laughs) They did. They're learning a lot about these dinosaurs and what they did. Poop, pee, laid eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. They go into great detail about what these dinosaurs did. So, yeah, that's my article, Pat. I don't know how long you want to spend on it. Well, I there is one other thing I want to, not necessarily specifically about the buttholes, but I just always find it fascinating <laughs> how much they can decipher from just, like, the fossils. Like, you know, they can figure out, like, they are able to map and figure out what this dinosaur's butthole looks like, but just based on, like, a like a small portion of a fossil, you know, like it's. It was only the external portion of the butthole. They couldn't figure out what the internal portion of the butthole was because that had disintegrated over time. <laughs> it's still impressive. It's yeah, still impressive. very. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and they really go into pretty, pretty decent detail, uh, labeling all the parts in the pictures too. So. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, I'd love to be the guy who had to do the zoom in on the, you get the bones of the butthole that they actually took pictures of. And then the guy who had to create the CGI butthole, um, that kind of went over the bones, but I totally agree, Pat. Uh, I think it's fascinating what they can come up with from these fossils and what they always think the dinosaurs looked like based on just the fossil record. Yeah. Science is great. Mm-hmm. Science is great. And castanets, you know, if you're interested in some of the science, want to learn about these buttholes, check out the uh, podcast <laughs> info, Randy. You'll be posting the, the uh, article info in there. If you Google it, make sure oh. your safe search is on. <laughs> True. And uh, it, we're still looking for um, people to do our after show, show, which will be called After Butts, I think, now for today. So. <laughs> You didn't get any emails sure, about a host? Guys, no I'm one sure, applied. <laughs> no one applied. I'm sure we're not going to come back to this article later in the podcast whatsoever, right? Yeah, there will be zero references. No references to buttholes. <laughs> All right. With uh, moving on from one science article to the next, uh, I'll jump into mine. I found an article that a uh, super Earth exoplanet was discovered. Um, it's kind of kind of interesting because I just learned a lot about some of these classification things so first well, off, pat well pat well so super earth like is this another planet where we can just go and live right away well chris i'm glad you asked because that's <laughs> one thing i learned super earth is actually a misnomer it's a classification of a planet size 
being that it's larger than Earth, but smaller than an ice giant such as Neptune. And it's not actually Earth-like. Pretty oh, so like, so like, does that mean it, it, it's Earth-like because it probably has a similar orbit and goes around its star in about the same amount of time, like a year, like we would have a year of 365 days? Chris, it's very interesting that you bring that up because it actually doesn't. It revolves around its star in about a half a day our time. What? So, yeah. So in 24 hours, it'll go around. It'll go. It has its year twice. Two years go by. So that would mean I'd be like 3,000 years old. Yeah. Think of how long we could live on this crazy super Earth. Um, the other, the other kind it was, of. It's probably really cold though on that Earth. Not at all. This particular planet is 2,000 degrees Kelvin. What? I was, I was too lazy to turn that into Fahrenheit, but. I know that's like super hot. So, <laughs> so why do they call it Super Earth again? Uh, that's just like the a classification for the size of the planet. Okay. So it's a planet that is larger than our Earth, but it's smaller than uh, what? what <laughs> smaller than what planet? Smaller than other planets. <laughs> what planet specifically would be between Earth and what planet <laughs> in our solar? If you had to pick a planet in our solar system. Well, there's a couple planets I could pick. I'd probably go with Uranus. Netflix <laughs> 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 oh, is what God. you call a segue from one article to the other. But you're doing the segue after we've already <laughs> gone so, between articles. Randy, go back and cut. Speaking of Uranus, <laughs> put that into. So I just like how it has really what it has almost nothing in common with Earth. They're just calling it because yeah, yes. they could call it like a wimpy other planet and and compare it to like bigger planets like Uranus or Jupiter, which I know is one of the biggest planets, if not yeah. the biggest. So I just thought that was that was my favorite part of the article. Yeah, just something they kind of made. Up. I so one thing I did find very interesting was again in, with them researching this planet it has a very low density. Um, and like for what the for the size of the planet, their theory is that it shouldn't be as um, shouldn't have as low density as it has, and because of that, it means the planet's super old because heavier uh, heavier materials would have been created by stars that exploded and kind of shot them out. So thinking of things like iron and whatnot, um, and those just didn't exist yet when this planet was created, which is why it has such a low density. I thought that was just like kind of wild. I don't know when you like really start breaking that down and thinking about it. It's just crazy yeah i i agree what i also um thought and i i read the whole article and then towards the end it talked about how the moon is rusting um which is a separate article but i thought that was kind of interesting and then i always think about these planets is when i go back to interstellar the movie we never talk about christopher nolan on here so i thought it'd be cool to bring him up how time works differently on these like huge planets that are much more massive and dense um it's just interesting to think about what it's like you know what it's like there where time even works differently on that type of planet yeah just just in general right like space the universe mm. crazy it's super it's wild so so i feel like if we had to rank our two articles pat mine obviously about buttholes yours about crazy big planets um you know, I feel like they're pretty similar. Like mine might be called a super article compared to your article. If you think about well, it. if we're if we had to rank them, Randy, I might have to rank yours as a number two. 
Agreed. Why can't it just be like one in one A? Oh. <laughs> Speaking of ranking articles, don't we have a third one to talk about? Oh, do we? Yes, we do. This this one uh, is it's kind of been. I did some looking online, and it's been a lot of people are picking up on this story. Um, story being that Apple might start charging for their podcast application. So did a little research into it. And first of all, it's only theoretical at this point. I think they're, the company is in talks to see if this is something that would benefit them and be another revenue stream, or if it would alienate their, their listeners and they don't want to necessarily go down it. Um, I don't think it's going to be where they just charge a subscription to every single podcast. So you'd have to pay a dollar, $10, whatever, to subscribe to Castbringers. I don't think that's what it would be. My theory is that if they do go down this road, it would be a subscription to a high-end version of their podcast app where they would have really high-quality recordings with um, you know, big names or they'd have more, uh, you know, resources devoted to these podcasts. I don't think people would have to pay to listen to cast bringers. So like if you had a podcast that had super cool bumpers about potatoes and you had, and they talked about uh, dinosaur buttholes, like that could be one. That you- uh, I don't, I don't think that would meet the criteria for their subscription service but i think some of the stuff i talked was they just want to break into how spotify is has a subscription service to their podcast so i think it would be more like i know i think spotify has the the wolverine podcast where it's a bunch of new stories and radio acting about wolverine and that's a paid podcast you know you've got um, big podcasts that already individually charge their subscriptions. I think like Mark Marin's podcast or Joe Rogan, they might be subscription based. Be those types of, you know, podcasts with thousands and hundreds of thousands of subscriptions and listeners. The the listener that we have, I don't think he's going to have to pay for <laughs> our podcast. Our wives and the girlfriends will not have to pay to listen to us talk to them about the same stuff we talk to them, anyways. Shout out to Ross and Andrew. You guys, this will always be free for you guys. I, I'm curious because you know it was a very, very interesting article. I couldn't get into it because it was an Apple link, but I'm learning about it now um, verbally from Chris. And I felt like listening to you. I'm wondering if so. There's two things. Are they going to start going down like the Apple Plus, the Disney Plus route? of now it's going to be like podcast plus something like that, where they're going to pay, you're going to have to pay for the more premium ones, like you're saying, but I do know there is, there's been some podcasts that I, I haven't paid, but I had to on Stitcher. I don't know if you guys have any experience with Stitcher, but that's the only one I've really come across. So I pay for Spotify premium and I get all the podcasts on there. And I had Google play before that Google music and the same thing. So I've never really noticed, like I didn't have to pay extra for podcasts. So that's a good point, Randy. Yeah. It might be something that is like included in uh, like your Apple radio. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you can get Apple radio, but included in that now is you have access to these uh, premium level podcasts Which... or, or if you're subscribed to Apple radio, you know, you pay a dollar extra and then you have the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. well, yeah. podcast bundle added to it. 
which sounds like, so I don't know if you guys ever did um, the uh, uh, satellite radio uh, thing. Like I, I used to do it. Yeah. I was here nodding. So back in the day. And so I, I keep getting coupons to get like free demos of it and it's whatever XM or Sirius. And XM now they merged. Yeah. So they merged, but I'm not getting all the channels. So I didn't realize that now some of them are like premium, premium channels. And I don't know if it's like Howard Stern, you have to pay more. Cause like you're saying might be like a Joe Rogan at some point or Mark yeah. Aaron where you got to pay more, which from my point of view kind of sucks because the rest of Sirius XM isn't that great. Like really I'd be doing it just for those, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, uh, there are a couple things that are going through my mind. Like, I think it makes sense. You know, the article talked about this, that Apple is just like kind of the, the first one really to, to put podcasts on the map. Like, I mean, the word podcast itself comes from iPod, right? So Apple was one of the first ones to do it. It makes sense from a business standpoint that they would try to like monetize this in some way. Um, the other thing too is, uh, and, and we've kind of been like touching around it is Apple has that Apple one, um, service where if they're bundling like Apple TV plus, um, uh, mm-hmm. Apple, Apple music, a bunch of other stuff, like it, it kind of what you're saying, Chris, to, to put in like a Disney plus type of model, like it makes sense, right. To just lump podcasts in there. And then you have this bundle where you're getting everything for like 20 bucks. And, you know, that's kind of how they, you know, incentivize getting this thing. I don't know. Um, from like a from a content creator standpoint, it just got me thinking a little bit, like kind of a little nervous though, just for a small podcast like ours. And even you know, even though we probably have five listeners, there's, I'm sure there are other podcasts too that are maybe doing a little bit better. And um, you know, it's it's makes you wonder is how that's going to work from like these like little small startup podcasts like us. Like, will that just like kind of choke them out and not leave a lot of room for? Yeah or stuff like that i don't know that, that i think there's pluses and minuses i think you get the content creators might be able to get a more either you know a bigger income or a more steady income if apple you know if they fall under contract with apple and they're just getting their uh you know their cut of the pie every single week every single month whatever yeah. um but i think it might it, it's going to just put another you know barrier to entry up into getting getting to that point for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think of it kind of around like Twitch streamers, right? Like it's, you know, the, the real top end ones, they're going to be the, the only ones making money. The rest is everyone else is kind of fighting to claw up to get to that point, which though I get it's probably not that different than how it is now, right? So, um, interesting stuff though. Interesting yeah. to think about. It's amazing what the future might hold. Speaking of the future, time to play. Everyone's favorite radio game has Pat Watch Tenant. Tenant. Uh, no, the answer is still no. <laughs> okay. the Pat, there's, there was a new article on Polygon.com this week about Tenant. And guess what? What? It just made it again more confusing in reading about how it's actually a sequel to the prequel is within the actual movie itself. So, I don't even know what you're because you haven't watched the movie. So, did I did I send you that article, Chris, or did you read that on your own? Because I read that. Too. I read it on my own. I thought I sent it to you guys. <laughs> it, it was pretty interesting article. Definitely yes. more confusing. I think what I'm realizing because now they're all coming up in my Google feed is um, when anyone tries to put graphics to Tenant, 
it becomes even more confusing. Like I just read one this week where it was like graphs, like they're like, this graph is going to make it all make sense. And it's just thousands of lines crisscrossing each other. They're all different colors. I'm like, this is worse than watching the movie. I don't get it. So Pat, I cannot wait until you watch Tenet. My favorite part about the article is that just multiple times the the author writes how people in the movie just say, I don't really know what it means. Just go with it. So, guys, can I bring – oh, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. Go well, ahead. just the, the more we talk about this on the show, I think the less I want to watch it. <laughs> then I'm like, but is that something that's in the movie too? Or, like, the more they do something, the less they do? I don't know. It kind of sounds like maybe that could be I guess you have to watch it to find out. So – like I'm empty myself. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know. So a uh, quick side story. I uh, told my coworker a while ago, not a nerdy guy. I was like, listen, my greatest movie I've seen in a while was Looper. This was years ago when it came out. So I tell him to watch it. He watches it. He hates it. He despises it. He, for Is years Looper the now. Bruce one? Yeah. For yeah. yes. Which I love. I, love, for, I also love that movie. I, I always get Looper and Jumper mixed up. Jumper I also loved, but yes, <laughs> anything that ends in an ER. So we, we talk about it a lot ER. over the years and he keeps giving me crap for it. Like now he tells everybody I have the worst taste in movies. So I watched Tenet. And I'm like, well, this is going to be the best redemption movie uh, and fake him out on it. So I've been trying to convince him to watch Tenet and I've been real serious about it. I said, listen, I need a redemption movie. You've been busting my chops for years on Looper. I promise this one's going to be awesome. He's like, okay, okay, I'll watch it. So I've been trying to get him to watch it. This weekend, he sent me a meme or like a screenshot that says, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, but I really felt underwhelmed by Tenet. In fact, somewhat angry for its nonsensical timeline and unanswered questions. So he found that meme online and he said, you know, I'm feeling a touch skeptical about your movie choices. This was in a segment titled Movies That Really Disappointed. So I think he's catching on to me, but I'm going to keep trying to get him to watch Tenet. Um, and now now it's a contest. This. Who watches Tenet first? Oh, and I've been pushing Randy so hard. Buddy or Pat? Which is funny because I think Pat actually is going to love the movie. <laughs> and he... oh, I, I agree that I will probably very much like the movie. I just, for, it just hasn't, the stars haven't aligned. I've been able to <laughs> well, you should watch Tenet because that is filled with stars. <laughs> yeah. Well, Movie stars or like star stars? I don't. Yes. Uh, yep. Both. Yep. No. Interstellar has the star stars. Why don't I watch that then? But also, you've already seen <laughs> Interstellar. Yeah, it was good. I'd watch that again. No, Interstellar is not as confusing as Tenet, and Interstellar is kind of confusing. Interstellar is like a children's book compared to Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> that helps it all. It's scarier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so that's you. You are so excited for the tenant episode whenever it happens. We're Talk just, about a good cliffhanger! It's gonna in be the on middle Apple, of a, a it's podcast. It's gonna be on Apple Premium, though. It's gonna be so <laughs> you guys have to pay for it. <laughs> Building that listener anticipation. Yep. So we can reap the monetary rewards. <laughs> All right, I think it's about that time. We'll jump into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> All right, shout out to Albino Sheep Tube for making that drop. Thank you. So our meat and potatoes today, we are going to be talking about kind of a piggyback conversation from last week. 
But talking about the DC Universe and its connection on HBO Max, a lot of stuff been coming out, uh, a lot of news about um, some of the new DC properties that are coming. Um, again, Wonder Woman launched not too long ago, Wonder Woman 1984. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Day launch, right? Yeah, Christmas Day launch. Uh, actually, I think it's going away soon. I should. That's another one I got to watch. Um, the Snyder Cut uh, for Justice League is coming out in about two months. Um, I think bl- earlier this week they announced that they are adding um, a new season to the original Batman the animated series. One of the best cartoons on. ever made. Fact. True facts. Um, there's been talk about Green Lantern, a Green Lantern series focusing on the entire core versus like, you know, versus just like focusing on like Hal Jordan or something. Um, and then they're doing some tie-in stuff. So like with the Suicide Squad movie coming out um, that James Gunn's done, they are making a spin-off Peacemaker show for HBO Max starring John Cena. So, and it sounds like they're going to be planning on doing a couple other ones. I think there's a Gotham um, series that they're talking about to tie yeah. in Batman with Robert Pattinson. So there's just like a lot of cool stuff going on. With I heard they're doing their own Batman on HBO Max in conjunction with the Pattinson Batman. So they're going to have two different Batman going on at the same time. And if you count the Justice League, the Snyder Batman, if they end up continuing with that, you'll have three versions of Batman being made at the same time, which is kind of mind-blowing. A little much, maybe. I don't know. But a lot, yeah, a lot of stuff going on with HBO Max. So guys, like, let's dive in. What's, you know... Random thoughts just from hearing so, all that. So first off, I am 100% behind the HBO Max, Warner Brothers, Thus DC um, partnership and the, the release of movies into HBO Max, especially when HBO Max is getting all of these DC movies and they have all of the DC back catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is fantastic First for superheroes and comics, fantastic for fans of superheroes and comics. Um, you know, it's it's great to have that all in one place. And I think it's definitely a plus, especially during this this pandemic time of just being having more content and more stuff to, you know, keep you busy and to to consume. Nice. Um yeah, I mean, so what really you know, just to be totally transparent, what really prompted me to want to kind of dive into this was Chris, when you told me about them um, redoing the Batman animated series, that that cartoon is holds like such a close place in my heart. It is, besides The Simpsons, probably the, like the cartoon that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's like, like we talked a little bit about it last week is you had some cake a while ago and now you're getting more cake and it's going to be great. <laughs> I give me all the cake. In this case, I, I want to eat it all. Kevin Conroy is is Batman to me. Uh, I know we had that kind of Batman Superman talk. I think in our first episode, and I am like ashamed that I didn't even bring up that Kevin Conroy to me is is Batman because that that's who it is. When I think of Batman, it's it's that voice. Um, all right, what's your favorite Batman animated series episode, real quick? Um. There's a lot of them. I really one of my favorites is where he dresses up as Killer Croc, and they're all almost got him. That's the one. That's the best uh, that one's really good. There's uh, actually I really like the the like little mini storyline that they do with the uh, the Kung Fu Ninja guy versus Bruce Wayne. Yes, man. My other favorite episode <laughs> is I think it's called Point of View, where it's like the three cops each giving their version of what happened when Batman came in. Well, Just yeah. such good writing in that series. For a kid's cartoon. 
Yeah. The, the cartoons the, weren't adult oriented at that time. You get a lot of tragedy in like some of the Clayface ones, uh, the earlier ones. They so with with the animated series, there was like the original run on Fox, and then it, the rights and then the rights got bought up by uh, when they launched WB, and so they like re-released the show, and it became a little less dark, um, more akin to that was around the same time that they launched Superman the animated yes, series. Yes, the Superman. Um, but they that kind of like lightened the Batman up a little bit, and and not that the show got worse, but it just didn't quite have that little edge to it. The tone changed a little. Yeah, exactly. And so, Randy, did you ever watch the Batman? Well, I, I was going to go on a quick story about Kevin Conroy. Um, so I went to Comic Con with uh, you guys, I think actually. I don't know if you're at that one. And uh, Kevin Conroy was there, but so were um, Machio from Karate Kid and. Uh, um the bully what's his name again from karate kid um oh uh johnny johnny yep johnny lawrence and mm-hmm. so our buddy who um whose name is also johnny he loves karate kid so he wanted to get the um photo op with them so he paid for it he went up he met met them and then he was with johnny lawrence and th- i don't know if macho was at this one but johnny lawrence was and he had johnny lawrence grab his neck of his shirt and pretend to punch him and it was really funny, like Johnny's getting punched by Johnny Lawrence. So we get the picture back, and I'm looking in the background. I'm like, Johnny, I'm like, Johnny, do you, do you see who's in your picture? He's like, yeah, this random guy was next to us, and he thought it was so funny that I wanted to get punched by Johnny Lawrence. So in the background, you can see this guy like also aiming to punch Johnny from the background. And I'm like, dude, that's Kevin Conroy. He's like, who's that? I'm like, he is the definitive Batman. And Johnny's seen the movies. Johnny's a big fan of Michael Keaton. He's like, well, I'm like, no, no, Johnny, like you talk to anybody, like this is a phenomenal picture. Like Kevin Conroy is trying to get in to punch you while Johnny Lawrence, the greatest bully that was ever created is also punching you. And Kevin Conroy has got like the smile on his face. Like, it's just awesome. Like he, he photobombed the photo op and it was great. So that just goes to show that Conroy's just like, you know, his, his table is right next door. He just wanted to have fun too. It's cool. Random aside, are we sure that uh, Ralph Macchio isn't the bully in Karate Kid? I know there's there's kind of that that theory floating around. Oh well, that's probably a whole nother podcast, right? Right. Have you been watching Cobra Kai? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I have been watching lots of Cobra Kai. It's very good. Yeah, that's true. Your judgment, I've heard. (laughs) Um, I I um I'm also very excited about this. Uh, What I struggle with, and I don't know how you guys feel. With the WB shows, they had what they start with Green Arrow and then The Flash and then Super. So they started with Smallville. Smallville. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's all but, part of the same universe. Kind no, of, I, I guess. Well, well, no, because Smallville, they, no, because Smallville had Green Arrow, but mm-hmm. then when Different. Smallville ended, they started the Green Arrow Green series Arrow. with a new Green Arrow. Okay. The guy who originally played Green Arrow didn't want to continue. And um, Green Arrow is the one that blew up and made the. They call it the Arrowverse. So then they, right, then they went to Flash, and now they have the Legends of Tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. I, I watched some of the Flash, but I'm so far behind. I struggle keeping up with all the storylines. And if it all becomes connected, I'm, I don't know how you guys are. I'm the type of guy who I want to know everything about the universe. So, like, I want to I watch everything. I want to have all the ins and outs. And this is where I'm going to have a little trouble. So I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, with this, going with the um, – what is that? The CW shows, the Arrowverse. Yeah, CW. Uh, I 
I can totally relate, Randy. Like I was watching, I think I got to season three of Arrow and season one of The Flash I got through. But again, those, those series are, they're hour long episodes and there's like 30 episodes in a season. So yeah. like seasons are so long and it just got too much to be able to like keep track of it. And then right, they launched uh, Legends of Tomorrow then they added they added even a couple other shows right like there was star girl girl's part of it now yeah they Supergirl. bought Supergirl from cbs and brought her in and is like, gotham gonna connect it? maybe too i don't know what gotham gonna connect into that or no gotham's fox, gotham on right? fox i don't think okay. so yeah but uh but yeah it was it was a lot to keep track of and, it, and again it, like i would keep tabs on kind of what was going on with those shows just through like the internet and reading up on what was happening and so they did the crisis on infinite earth mm-hmm. kind of crossover they they started doing like yearly crossovers which i thought was just cool like they were doing cool stuff it was just really hard to keep to keep up with it all especially um you know just with family stuff going on and having two kids like don't have time to watch <laughs> to watch much much stuff um but I also kind of want to be, I don't want to be like the downer, but in regards to the Snyder Cut, I am like not really looking forward to it because I think it's still going to be fairly bad. Well, and this is kind of what I, I have, yes, very strong feelings about the whole Snyderverse, Justice League, Batman versus Superman, those movies, um, you know, Batman vs. Superman was one of the like most successful flops I think you could ever have. Like it's it's Batman Superman. It's still made a billion dollars, which something that makes a billion dollars, how can you consider it a flop? But when you have the two most recognizable recognizable characters in the history of the world that everybody loves, you should be making multiple billions of dollars. <laughs> And it's, it was, they could have done more with it, less with, made it differently. I'm not sure. I have to watch it again. But it, I mean, I think it just shows the power that DC has in like the, the, the permeation into culture that DC heroes are. You know, you go to the smallest village on the other side of the world, um, and people know who Superman is. People know who Batman is. You know, that's you know, that's a, a cultural institution. Yeah. Yeah, it's um I mean you put it you put it perfectly, Chris. Like it's it it was a flop for sure, but it still made a ton of money. And right, it's just it, it's a bad movie. It's just straight up it's not good. Like it the the writing isn't great, the plot is kind of just like like what is happening? There's the Martha scene, which oh, is very uh, even, even seeing it in the theater live when he yells Martha in Bat- Batman. It's like, why did you say that name? I'm like, I don't. Why? I don't. This is the, this is the that's like the anchor point of the whole movie is that. And like, I thought it was weird, but then didn't put much thought into it. And then all like the memes started coming out and all the. The critics were like that's what you're doing and then i read this article about this um is this high up at dc whether i don't remember if it's like a vice president or president not at dc sorry at warner brothers and she was like wait a minute we're basing this movie on the fact that their moms have the same name <laughs> oh. I, 
I I agree with both of you guys. Uh, it's frustrating because there's so much talent out there, and it really, to me, starts with the writers. Like, you need a good script. Um, and I, what's interesting to me, I've noticed, is Zack Snyder, people didn't like him. He bombed a couple movies. You know, he, he didn't do well with the movies. Then Joss Whedon comes in and really messes up the movies. And now everybody's back on the Snyder train. And, you know, it's just... You know, the yeah. fans, and I don't think it's everybody. It's the vocal people that are out there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to watch it. I love watching superheroes and special effects and all that. But I agree that the other aspect, the story aspect, just isn't isn't there, especially when you see some of these other movies that do such a good job, um, you know, reinventing the characters. Like, I always go back to Wolverine, um, uh, Logan. I loved that movie. And how many movies has Hugh Jackman been Wolverine in? And they came up with, like, a... I loved it. A really cool idea that they did well with. Like there's always room for some creative, you know, new things going on. I think one of the the issues that Warner brothers has making like the justice league movie and is that they, you know, I always give them credit as Batman. The, the 88 Batman was the, the movie that put superhero movies on the map. That was like, the first successful superhero movie that showed, yes, you can make a successful superhero slash comic book movie and people will go see it and people want to see it. So I think because Warner Brothers was so successful with Michael Keaton, Batman, they've just been making that movie nonstop for the past 50 years or 30, 40 years. You know, when you look at, Superman especially like the Snyder Superman it's dark it's gritty you know it's basically a Batman he's just got different powers you know he's angsty he's mad at people he's not and you know when you look at Arrow on CW that's a Batman with a bow and arrow when you think about it he's dark he's gritty he's rich he's angsty he instead of batarangs though he's got a bow and arrow what really opened my eyes is when Flash started to take off because that was a happy, fun, look at me, we're having superheroes, we're having superpowers, but we're also going to have fun too. That's the Flash TV series is what showed me that um, DC Universe, Warner Brothers can actually make a successful show or you know screen version of superheroes. I mean, yeah, it's that's an interesting uh, like way to put it because I I don't think you're wrong. Um, you know, you think of some of the successful uh, DC oriented superhero movies. You know, that jump to mind. It's the original Keaton movie. It's the you know the Christopher Nolan trilogy. It's it's a lot of Batman first mm-hmm. of all, which obviously is goes right along with the the grittiness and. And kind of dark, edgy, whatnot. Totally agree with your with the take on uh, Superman, um, Man of Steel. Um, and yeah, and, and that's that was one of the big kind of critique points, right? For for Snyder's uh, vision of the DC expanded universe was that he was making this like kind of dark, gritty DC universe, and you know, kind of in the middle of it, I I feel like Warner Brothers kind of just got like both feet and wanted to change it. And then that just like made it even worse, right? Because that's when they're trying to bring in Whedon. Um, you know, we know Snyder had the, the personal tragedy uh, with his family and stepped away, but it also kind of sounded like he was being like pushed out anyway. Um, 
Like that that whole situation would seem a little weird, you know. I don't know. Um, and then right, they bring in Joss Whedon, and it just turned into this whole other mess, um, you know, that has come along with the Ray Fisher stuff, which is like also that's a whole other thing too. That's super crazy, and it just like the I don't know. It's it's a mess. Like it's a mess on what they do with it for something that really had a lot of potential. I think, you know, for as dark as Man of Steel was, it still was a super. Um, it was a Superman movie. Like it, it still had a lightness to it to some extent, even though he was trying to make. And you can kind of see that in some of the interviews Snyder has talked about, where his arc really for Superman was to be to kind of start in this dark place and kind of have him change and morph into mm. the into what we I think all know as Superman of just like this beacon of hope and, and positivity and uh, and like lightness. But I don't um, think he necessarily. I think that's where that movie failed is he didn't make it into a beacon of hope and lightness. I think at the end, you know, he might've started going up that hill, but Mm -hmm. then the way the movie ended defined it when spoiler alert, when Superman kills the guy that doesn't make him a beacon of hope that makes him a murderer. Yeah. I didn't mean in that movie. So I meant, at the end of like Justice League, that that is kind of like supposedly what he's saying, like his arc, his whole arc movement. Like, oh, like, I see you're talking like, about like across the three Superman, yeah, Batman, yeah. Superman, Superman, and then Justice League. Yeah, Superman's supposed to be the focal point, kind of across his like three movies, and it culminates in Justice League. And that, and supposedly in his Snyder cut, we'll see this kind of um, closing of the arc for Superman and, and kind of becoming that superhero that we're all familiar with. I th- and I think so. I want to bring in Suicide Squad too to this um, because I think it's a Goyer that did David S. Goyer that did Suicide oh. Squad, and he's complained also going to what you said, Pat, about a mess of they cut his movie too, and he's his cut isn't out there. I used to follow him on Twitter and used to complain about it a lot. That movie I thought was going to be awesome from the trailer, and I actually really hated that movie. I mm-hmm. uh, I hated it more because of the potential, and I thought the character i mean i wanted to know more about the characters i wanted it just it didn't it didn't do well in my mind um but then going back to what you're saying about superman uh, and i know i've mentioned it here before my he's my favorite out of all of them just i mm-hmm. love superman i know some people have complaints about he's perfect or he's the, the boy scout but i love all the stuff he's in and i actually liked man of steel just because i like superman so much but then when I thought about it after I'm like, man, they could have done so much better with this movie. And like you're saying, I think DC is a mess where this is the other problem where Marvel was so successful. I mean, what is this early to late 2000, you know, the aughts, I guess they call them. And Marvel's doing so well now, now they're trying to copy and, you know, it's the same. Everybody's heard the story, but I think trying to like, what did, what did the last thing I'll say? What did, um, Snyder say that the he killed Zod Superman kills Zod at the end of the movie and destroys the entire city because in the next movie you're gonna see the effects of that well if you're ending a movie based on the next movie we want to see a completely contained movie with a little bit like teaser for the next kind of like Nolan's Batman where he completely contained Batman Begins and then you get a little teaser for the Joker I think I think almost he had too big of a scope to do everything with yeah, and, and I think, you know, it, it is a shame that we never got to truly see what Snyder had planned. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with the Snyder cut, that is something that kind of gets remedied. But, um, right, like, it, at the very least, if you are 
producers at Warner Brothers, you have to be willing to let this guy just do his vision for better or for worse. I think, and, and I think too, you, we've seen that in uh, in Star Wars, right, with the newest trilogy. It's like you gotta have a have kind of a concrete vision and have a plan and and see it through to the end for better or for worse. Because I think in the end, if you try to pivot or you try to go away mm-hmm. from it, it, it does make it worse. I think, and I think that's people always compare DC and Marvel and how Marvel's killing it with the movies and DC is these messes. But when you think about it, like Marvel didn't kill it with every movie. Iron Man 2 and 3 were not the greatest movies. Oh, Whiplash? Are you kidding me, Chris? (laughs) Thor, the the first two Thor movies were not awesome. You know, they were... They were, were, you know, Thor movies, but they weren't, like, you know, amazing. And, you know, like, Marvel usually does a really good job with the first movie because they get Mm -hmm. to tell the origin story. So Doctor Strange was pretty good because that's a pretty cut and dry movie you know of an origin story so you don't have a lot of you know creativity that you have to put into it um but i think where marvel is 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 doing better than dc is that they're allowing that creativity and they're taking chances with some of the other characters and i think that's what this hbo max thing is going to uh you know be a huge boon for dc is that you're going to get the Peacekeeper series. You're going to get Green Lantern. You're going to get more of these ancillary things that will help build the DC universe and will give these BC list characters chances to become A-list heroes. And, you know, when you think about it, Iron Man, you know, back in the 80s, he wasn't an A-list hero. He was on the Avengers the Avengers were one of the bigger Marvel titles, but they weren't, you know, the number one title. You know, they weren't the X-Men. That Marvel Marvel had a lot of stuff in X-Men and was going behind that, where Avengers was kind of sidelined. And Iron Man didn't really become an A-list hero until the movie blew up. And now he's, you know, one of, if not the biggest Marvel hero. I don't ever think he'd be bigger than Spider-Man or Wolverine, but he's, you know, on their level now. And he was never that in the 80s, early 90s, I, you know, 60s, 70s. My, my first experience with Avengers was the Nintendo game. Do you remember yes. the old Nintendo yes. game? And I used the to play SNES it. game? Was, or was it Nintendo? It was, you could be Captain America, you could be Hawkeye. Yeah, that was Super Nintendo. That was Super Nintendo? Yeah. You um, could be Captain America, Iron Man, Vision, and Hulk, I think. Wait, then uh, I might be talking about the Nintendo one. Because the Nintendo well, one, you could be... What do you think, Pat? I think that in Nintendo, I think there were four. You could be... I think it was Iron Man, Captain America, Vision, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye. That, that, that might have been the one that I played. I remember it was definitely... It was fun, but I didn't, I didn't like love the characters. I just thought it was a fun game. It didn't yeah. get me into the Avengers like I loved X-Men type of thing. And yep. you're right, Chris, like some of the, like, I, I don't think I made it through Thor two and I tried four times. I fell asleep every time, but um, yeah, once Avengers came out, but they figured out like their thing. So I'm hoping DC, cause I think like you might've said, Chris, and for us, anything is great. Like, I'm not one of those guys who I'm like, like, Oh no, they're doing this. It's like, I'll, I'll watch anything. And you know, at this point I've kind of been like, I'll be entertained probably by most of it anyway. So it's, I'm excited. I think too, like in thinking about the couple movies we're talking about and really again, connecting it to Marvel, 
when we think about like Batman, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, and Suicide Squad, you know, those what they essentially did was make those Marvel movies that just happened to come out first and just didn't make them as good. So mm-hmm. like that comparison is like way more jarring. You know, they released Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Well, Avengers had already come out and Avengers was really good. And then you saw this and it's like it's a starker tone and it's just not like, it it's was such a good point. It wasn't yeah, quite I, yeah. tight. And so it the the like difference was that much more stark. He was like, ugh. And then same thing with Suicide Squad. That came out, well, that was just Guardians of the Galaxy from a movie standpoint. Now I know the characters are different. And, and in the comics, there's, it's easier, I think, to make that distinction. But from a movie standpoint, it really is just kind of like the same movie, right? It's a bunch of weird goofballs who team up to take down a bad guy. Um, just Guardians of the Galaxy. But again, just not quite as tight, not quite as clever writing, and just a little, just not as good. And see, I think that's that's very, that's funny because... I, I kind of on the same yet opposite part of that DC had the TV where their TV shows were very tight, you know, and they had good series running. And I think Marvel tried to jump on TV with agents of shield, which was decent, but um, you know, I watched the first two or three seasons of agents of shield and it just kind of didn't have the, the pizzazz. And then they had the inhumans, mm-hmm. which was not a good, television show at all so but and i think what pat said about the movies is like the same yet opposite for tv where dc had the tv set and they had that formula down and knew what to do and marvel was trying to copy them or trying to you know get a piece of that pie but jumping in and and either do similar stuff that they saw their um competitor doing and just weren't doing it as tight like like that's it. I think I think as tight is a good phrase to to use how they're making their films. So guys, I wasn't I wasn't paying full attention, and I heard as tight. Are we going? Did we talk about dinosaur buttholes again? <laughs> no. So I I just got those out because I know our listeners are screaming at their uh, radios that they listen to this on um, about yeah, we're live on the about, radio about the Avengers game because I know somebody knows. Uh, it, so the one I was talking about, you're right. There is an SNES game. I was talking about the NES game where you could play as Captain America and Hawkeye, but Vision and Iron Man were kidnapped, so you couldn't play them. There's like three of them that kind of go in the way. What, did, couldn't you rescue them? And once you rescued them, you could use them. I think that's what it said. Yeah, you could use yeah. them. So, um, but that was back in the day. Putting in, putting in like game genie codes to, uh, <laughs> yes. to move past the part where you had to rescue them, so you just already had. <laughs> so you could play you as could play them. Um, huh. so, so I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. Have you guys seen that one? No, I yeah. haven't. I, I do want to watch four. The first one. Eighty four. No. The the issue for me now I I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie but the issue for me is like Wonder Woman was just never one of my favorite characters like I never found her I know to me it was just like girl Superman and I know that's that, sexist Pat I know that's not fair <laughs> um, but just from like an interest standpoint just well, like was never too interested so I, so I feel like I that attitude carries over to the movie like I I'm interested a little bit but like not super interested so if I it's not like high uh, it's not as high as Tenet on my movie priority list. <laughs> <laughs> the next next uh next game show on the podcast is will pat watch wonder woman or tenant first <laughs> well, or how say, many pokemon will he have caught by that yes. <laughs> i will say wonder woman might get actually bumped above tenant because i think in like a month they're going to take it off hbo max 
Yes, and you. It, I feel like Wonder Woman eighty four is a movie you wouldn't necessarily have to focus a hundred percent on and take notes while you watch it. Right, <laughs> tenant, tenant, you'll have to take notes and probably put it in slow motion rewind with the subtitles on, and maybe have a secondary screen <laughs> of different point of views with director's commentary. There, there is a DVD version of Tenant that costs, I think it's $1,300. It comes with another TV so that you can actually have <laughs> both of them going. It's so actually, <laughs> you, can, you, you can watch Tenant and you can rent out Christopher Nolan to explain it to you <laughs> for $200,000. But he explains it in his Christopher Nolan way with um, jumping in between flashbacks with no sound. And, and he's wearing the Bane mask. Yeah. <laughs> Bad sound quality audio, so you can't totally understand what he's saying, but he's telling you what's going on. So, so one of the coolest Warner Brothers things that I did was when I went to LA to visit my sister a few summers ago, I was like, I got to tour the Warner Brothers studio a lot. And it, if you ever go out there, it was one of the coolest tours I've ever been on. Um, they really let you get up close to a lot of the artifacts from the movies, the props. They have a whole garage of all the Batmobiles. Like, it's awesome. And you get right up to the, each of the Batmobiles. I got pictures of them. Um, and then they go into other movies, too. But they have a whole superhero section. They have number one comic from each of the, the Justice League characters. So they have the Superman number one. And they're all in this case on a pedestal. It's just, it's really cool. You get to see their costumes. So, if anything, they got their museums together. So that's, <laughs> that's what I think. They worked really hard on that. I do want to jump, uh, like kind of switch gears a little bit in regards to this conversation to talk about some of those science shows. We, we touched on them briefly, but, um, you know, again, there are talks of, of doing like a Green Lantern core show. There's talks of, again, that, that Peacemaker tie into the new Suicide Squad coming out, done by James Gunn. Um, and then the, the Batman tie-in series and stuff as well. What are you guys' thoughts on some of those, the, the new the DC series that might come out on HBO Max? What, is this connected to, was Doom Patrol a side series for DC also or no? Yeah, Doom Patrol is a DC property in, on TV. And I'm not really, it is now on HBO Max. I saw that earlier, but I don't okay. know if they're linking it into everything. So what the, so what's happening now is so originally the series of like Doom Patrol Titans was another one those were launched on uh, I believe it was called DC Universe which was going to be DC's standalone streaming service another streaming service that you could pay for that we talked about last week and then but then I think that and I think that launched kind of prior to even the inception of HBO Max where Warner Brothers hadn't quite decided that that was the route they were going to do once they decided they were going to do that they then kind of folded everything into HBO Max. And so now there is DC, DC Infinite, I think it's called, and that is just strictly comics. Um, mm-hmm. So they kind of collapsed the, um, the video media, I guess, of that and folded it into HBO Max. So See, what was happening before when you had, when you got the DCU or the DC streaming service for videos, mm-hmm that had all of their back catalog and all the movies and everything, you were also getting access to this, their, you know, their library of comics and everything that was a digital, but now I don't know if the HBO max is granting you access to that, or is it going to be separate? It's from my understanding, it's separate. So there's DC infinite, which is just the comic stuff. And that is a separate thing. 
and then HBO Max will have all the like the TV series, the movies, basically all the all, like the video media. Um, so I've been a longtime subscriber to Marvel Comics Unlimited, which is the the Marvel version. It's got you know twenty thousand comics on it. Um, every all new comics come out six months after their date of release. So just wait six months and then you can read the brand new comics. You know, they're every week they're uploading the the whatever new comics are released and then also slowly putting in all of their back issues and graphic novels and everything. And it's not super expensive. It's maybe five bucks a month. It's totally worth it. And I am I'm ninety-nine percent sure I'm gonna get the DC version too. This is something that, you know, as a comic lover that is 100% worth the money, you know, for five bucks a month. They just, when I go and buy my comics and, you know, I'll, there's a lot of not great comics that are put out every week. And so I just don't buy one of those not great comics and I read it on the, the app instead. So this, this DC version, this DC app to read all their comic, their whole comic library is fantastic. I'm so happy they're finally putting a high quality, good version of that out. Cause they've had some other versions that just weren't, weren't hitting, hitting right. But it sounds like this one, they're, they're, they're doing it the way it's supposed to be done and it's going to be successful. So I'm, I'm proud and happy that this is happening finally. Nice. Uh, two quick questions, Chris, and then I'll answer yours, Pat. Um, is are all the new X Men on there, Chris? The Marvel Unlimited? Yeah, it just takes six months after they come out. But okay. yeah, I'll, so now, do you read them on your phone or do you have an iPad? Because I've read comics on my phone. And I don't have a tablet. But I, I do like- it on my phone. The one problem I have with the Marvel app is that you're only allowed one login at a time, so you can't. It's not like Netflix where you can have three or four different devices mm-hmm. logged in only one device can be logged in so whenever because at first I was switching between my phone and tablet and I would always have problems and end up having to reset my account and then when I try to log in on something else it wouldn't work right so and I I actually like called customer service about what's happening and they said we only allow one login at a time so I strictly stick to my phone and you don't mind if reading you, them if you are i'm not a big tablet user anyways but if you have a tablet and you're a tablet user definitely reading it on the tablet is it's totally worthwhile but okay. the phone's not bad because you can zoom everything and they have guided view on it too so you mm-hmm. can like automatically Close. touch and it'll go right to the next panel okay cool um going back to what you asked pat i'm beyond excited i think like i said last episode of our podcast hbo does one of the best jobs with all their shows just their production value everything they do so i think anything they get even sesame do, street yeah, even sesame street yeah. yeah you're not wrong though like since hbo took it over we we started watching sesame street like right when hbo got the rights from pbs because that's just when my daughter was born and uh yeah it was like super good it, it was they didn't, they didn't they don't ruin it or change it they just like make it better mm-hmm. My, i think tighten it up, tighten it up. yeah so <laughs> just like those dinosaurs <laughs> um i i uh when i watch hbo like one of my i used to complain about game of thrones because i used to love the sci-fi network and i was like man all these people love game of thrones but i bet you if it was on sci-fi network they'd hate it like you know, like you only love it because it's on HBO, but that's probably true because HBO did such a good job with it. 
like sci-fi, the graphics wouldn't have been as good, the writing, everything. So I think these shows are going to be awesome. And I, it also brings me to like, I hope they do what Disney plus is doing, which you guys might disagree. I like the slow roll. Like we're going to put out an episode every week, but we're only going to do one new show that we know everyone's going to love. And then we'll end it. And now we're doing WandaVision. And then it sounds like, I don't know when they're going to come out with Loki or the other new shows, but as long as they don't dump them all at once, I like kind of, it's going to allow you to keep up. And I, I, I think Green Lantern's such an interesting, you know, comic, and I would love to see more of that. So, so I, I always really liked Green Lantern. Um, like that, that's one of my favorite DC heroes. Mm-hmm. And so, right to have a, so like the prospect of a show kind of focusing on the overall core and like, you know, opens opportunities to go to some weird places, different planets, that sort of stuff. Um, I think it would be really cool, and it it opens up a lot of creative doors for writers and whatnot to do some fun stuff with it. So I think that. That just seems really fun and cool to me. I, I hope, you know, I hope that that show, you know, it, it kind of lives up to the vision of what it sounds like they're they're thinking of. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I think the I like so personally. I like John Cena. Like I think he's he's pretty charismatic, pretty funny, and so to have this kind of weird spinoff of like, you know, kind of a goofy character from the Suicide Squad, I think it'll be really cool. Um, and especially HBO again piggybacking on what you said randy they do such a good job with some of their shows i think they especially do a good job with like these like dark adult humor shows you know something along the lines like barry um like i can see peacemaker being something like that that you know again that'll just be fun it'll be kind of a cool fun weird show to check out different twist kind of on on the superhero thing if they do it i i'm insanely pumped for the new suicide squad i love james gunn i think he's he knows he's a genius, honestly. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I know you guys, I think it was Chris especially, but I think both of you guys told me about Guardians of the Galaxy before. I didn't know anything about it before the movie. And I just think he just, he nailed it. He nailed it out of the park. He knew exactly how to make a very entertaining comic book movie. So I hope he, you know, I hope he crushes it. He had, uh, and, and like right before that, he released a really good movie. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Brightburn? No, he so he produced Brightburn. That was that was later on. Though. Okay. Um, I, I want to say it was like Slither or something. It was oh, like a, um, yeah, a horror movie. I think Nathan Fillion was starring in it and like somebody else. And it's again, it's just like this weird, kooky horror movie, but but also kind of like uh, tongue in cheek, like corny horror, mm-hmm. corny. Horror. And was really, I remember seeing that, and it was. I normally do not like horror movies. Like I don't like being scared or like that sort of stuff. Um. And so horror movie, the genre just doesn't typically appeal to me. But that movie, I thought was like very good. I thought it was, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, he did some type of horror movie. You're right. I can't remember the name. I don't know if it was Slither, but yeah, he's he's uh he's just he knows how to nail every the timing on things. And so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Any any last thoughts on kind of HBO Max and, and their connection with DC? Anything you want to add before we kind of wrap it up? I think I think Marvel's got the partnership with Disney and I'm glad DC's got the partnership with HBO Warner Brothers. Um I think that's just in general good for comics. Um I don't think comics as a medium are strong enough to to you know grow the way that they're they're needed 
or that they would want to to get out to like to get into mainstream i think you need a big company you need a multimedia backing in order to get these stories out there um you know i grew up loving superheroes loving comics so i think it's it's great that it is becoming more mainstream i know not everyone is happy with that but i've said it before i like cake and i always want more cake so i'm glad that that this is happening i'm glad they have these backings i know there's been rumors that both disney and at&t are cutting the comics they're not going to do the comics anymore because the comics are the leader or they're going to sell off the comics no that's never going to happen because when you own dc comics or when disney owns marvel comics you own the rights to the merchandise you own the rights to the movies and that's where you make your money the actual comic books the floppy copies they're your loss leader that's where you generate stories those are your test markets to say hey we're gonna in you know 10 years we're thinking about making an Asriel movie so let's launch an Asriel series let's write some stories get a couple guys put them out there see which stories work see how the character does successful we'll move it into uh, script development and go from there and that's how the comics are working now that's what these companies should be doing if they're not already is using those comics or delving into the backlog issues you know look at marvel was using their 700 issues of avengers to build up into these stories and into these movies so i think that's where you'll find the success and i'm I'm really glad that that these companies are following that protocol now I uh, I just want to go on record on this podcast and say that I would watch an Asriel movie. So DC producers, if you listen to the podcast, <laughs> make the Asriel movie, uh, you, I will watch it. We need more flaming swords. <laughs> episode, episode one of Castbringers. See, there's an audience. <laughs> Actually, DC, so if you could have Asriel wield Ashbringer and have that be pointing. <laughs> the DC Warcraft <laughs> crossover. Oh, now that's a video game to play. Randy, any last thoughts? Um, no, I'm I'm fully on board with this too. I think, like Chris said, the more the you know, the more you put out there, the more good stuff we'll get. You know, it might not be all good, but we'll definitely get some good stuff out of it. Um, I I think what I'm hoping is I don't know if you guys ever read the Sandman series, um, but I know that falls under vertigo which i think is kind of enveloped with dc i know yeah, that's the dc and that's a dc imprint but yeah all the vertigo stuff is going to be on hbo max and in that dc app comics app so so and the only way you can do sandman they've tried to they've started movies they grinned them but never went through is through a tv show and hbo would crush it and I, oh, you yeah. guys have never read sand you guys have read it right oh yeah i've yeah. read i think the whole original series of the whole thing yeah it's it's one of the best ever so that's my fingers crossed you know let's hope that they get that going at some point yeah i mean i think i was echoing you guys i'm glad that dc kind of is safe with this partnership um you know again it was it, it seemed like a little dicey with you know going into the the lulls of the snyder stuff in that time period of like batman versus superman leading into justice league and all kind of the turmoil that that brought um but it's good to see that uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max kind of have this plan that they've laid out of like the, the stuff they're going to make and produce and, and put out on HBO Max. 
um, it's just, it's it's reassuring. It's reassuring to see that it looks like at least for the um, for the TV shows and movies that stuff is going to be in good hands for the most part, and, and we should be getting some quality stuff coming out, which is cool. Awesome. All right. Now, let's. Now, check hold, hold, wait. Hold on a second. I'm getting. I'm getting a call. Oh. Wait. Um. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Someone's calling into the show. Let me pick wait, this you're, up. You're getting a call, Chris. I'm okay. getting a call. It's weird. I don't know. Must, maybe they have the wrong number. Let's see. Hello. Hello. This is the Cast Bringers podcast. This is Ebony Ma. Ebony. To the Lord Thanos. Oh, Ebony. Hey, your your boss has been calling into our show he, the last couple. He has ordered me to call this thing you call a podcast. Oh, did he tell you did he tell you to pass us a message or anything or he said that he wanted to tell you he is inevitable. He my lord is coming. Yeah. That's that's Thanos already. He says he's inevitable all the time. Tell us. You know, we got you on the phone. Ebony, how is it working for Thanos? He's not great. What? what? Strong? Tell us more. Ebony, sold the beans on this. He's very demanding. He made me call this stupid thing. I don't even, a podcast. What is a podcast? Well, it's... I, I'm a, I'm better than this. I have my own circle spaceship thing. I fly around. I don't need this. It sounds like there's... You're, so tell me if I'm wrong, but you're not really uh, digging on Thanos lately? Yeah. There's trouble in paradise? He, he doesn't even know how to use a smartphone. He tries to hit all the buttons. It's just the red button, man. That's what hangs up the phone. I don't get it. But isn't he like all powerful and oh, it's, it's gems? Oh, oh it's snapping! He never stops. It's like he's practicing. Oh, oh, let me snap! Let me snap! That's all he does. I guess. I guess it sounds like that. I I have to go. He's coming. Uh, he's inevitable. He's he's coming. Well, oh, well, there you go, folks. Ebony Ma, calling into Castbringers. You didn't yeah. think we'd get such huge <laughs> cosmic beings? I didn't know Ebony Ma was like a '70s hippie. I think at one point he was like, "Yeah, man," like he's like he kind of changed his uh his tune a little bit there. It must be that mind gems getting to him, huh? Or getting sucked out of a spaceship. Right, he's probably just trying to take the edge off with all that the mm. Thanos drama. You can you can see why that group lost, right? Like there's they're just not on the same page. I gotta say, Ebony Ma has a great Thanos impression, though. <laughs> that's I think that's Ebony Ma doing Thanos sounds more like Thanos than Thanos sounds like Thanos. <laughs> At least on this podcast, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go into, we got a kind of a new way we're going to close out the show today. Just given, given all of our, our loyal listeners out there, some great recommendations of some stuff we've been into recently. So Chris, why don't you tell some of, some of the uh, castanets, what you've been, uh, what you've been digging right now. Sure, man. You know, the, I've been uh, working through the series Chew. 
uh, by John Lehman and Rob Guillory. It's a, um, it's a comic book was out probably about 10 or so years ago. I'm getting the, the graphic novels from, uh, the library and the library app hoopla H O O P L A. It's fantastic. Got a library card. You can use it. Um, and it's, it's really fun comics. So I definitely recommend chew by Rob, by John Lehman and Rob Guillory. Awesome. Randy, how about you? Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Um, so actually earlier today, uh, the new Hearthstone mini expansion launched. I'm a, I'm a big Hearthstone player for, for our listeners out there. Have you ever made legend? I have twice. Um, for, (laughs) for those listeners out there who don't know what that is, it's like, uh, it's like kindergarten magic. Um, you know, Magic, the trading card game, it's like a kind of simplified version of that for, for the Magic players out there. They, they don't think the Hearthstone players are real uh, real trading card game players, but, but we are, okay? It's real to me. Uh, but yeah, so Mini Expansion came it's out. No judgment zone. Yeah, no I'm, judgment. I'm, I'm digging that. Um, so that, that's kind of what I'm diving into. Randy, how about you? Uh, right now I'm in the middle of a book called Foundry Side by Robert Jackson Bennett. I had an article pop up a couple of weeks ago that said the best sci-fi fantasy books of 2020 so this one was one of them um i haven't made it through all the way yet i'm about halfway through it's interesting it's definitely one of the most original ideas for i would say it feels more fantasy-ish um but once i get through it i'll come back to you guys let you know how the whole thing is if you should read or not but definitely one of the hands-down most original ideas i've ever seen in fantasy it's pretty cool awesome cool so Listeners, Castanets, a lot of cool stuff, a couple books, comics, Hearthstone, dive into any of it that sounds interesting, all right? Before we go, as always, we want to give you our random Dungeons & Dragons character of the week. This week, we have Gink. Gink is an old (laughs) character. Why that name's so fun? It's not spelled how you think. It's a good name, yeah, G-Y-N-K. I like that name a lot, yeah. Gink. Do you think it's? Do you think the G's the gay sound? I think it's a He's soft a Fren- G. French or fighter. Jink. 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 I don't like the jink. I like gink. I, I like gink too. Yeah, I think if it was an if, if being orcish, they would say gink. Sounds like something that would come out of a dinosaur's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's what they, they name the covering of the butthole is the gink. Yeah. <laughs> so what is he, Pat? So gink is an orc fighter. He's an eldritch, eldritch knight specialization with a mercenary veteran background, and he is of non-binary or unknown sex. So that's got to be, I would say that he's, he's got to be chaotic good. As an orc? Definitely chaotic. What chaotic, mean? I would say. The non-binary, he's the orc, chaotic. chaotic. But eldritch knight, that makes me think he's leaning towards good. <sighs> Isn't eldritch bad? Like, isn't that what, like, the Warlocks use and stuff? Oh, I guess well, that- we don't play Dungeons & Dragons. So <laughs> no, we but we're know. gonna. Soon. <laughs> oh, we're working on it, folks. Guys, update on that. So, I know it seems like you could just throw together a game of Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> well, you can't, okay? I'm working on it. I'm taking notes. I'm in the combat section. There's a lot of rules for a completely made-up imaginary the game. The third game show of Castbringers is Have We Played Dungeons <laughs> yeah. & Dragons? Still no. This is my fault. I'm working on it. Uh-huh. That, that is actually probably the new the newest segment coming to the show. Have, have we all played Dungeons? <laughs> uh, I'd have say. It. I mean, so we agree, neutral, neutral. Sure. <laughs> okay. 
but yes, so for any of the any of the more hardcore D and D players out there, give Gink a try. He could be a nice fun character to to mess around with. If you do, let us know. Castbringers at gmail.com. Right. Have we and gotten actually, any emails yet, Chris? We've gotten, I don't check it. <laughs> Leave that up to you guys. I have checked it. I've checked it every week. We we have not gotten any emails. Okay. Google but, just to buy an iPhone, apparently. Yes, there was an offer from Google to get any phone. Um but any listeners out there who have an interesting article or have, have anything they want to let us know, please email us at castbringers at gmail.com. Again, that's castbringers at gmail.com. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next week. Castbringers! Castbringers! Castbringers!